So we were just talking about this off mic, but you, you're saying this is our second Zindi episode we've done, right? Because they're you said they're in they're in Twilight a little bit. Yes, I think I think like the end of Twilight when they're like trying to get back on the Enterprise to undo the thing, like the Zindi, they fight off some Zindi. Okay. Um, like specifically the what the insectoid ones, I think. Maybe that's why I was thinking this is our this is our first Zindi episode is because we've got some reptilian ones and we've got some we've got some what like mammalian ones or whatever they would be called the really the bearded guys. So those are apparently I I did end up looking this up because there's a there's a point in this one where like the guy they're talking to references like it's like oh yeah there's the Zindi primates and like they're ape like like you are and I was just like well, wait they- I thought you were supposed to be the the like mammal type ones. So these are Zindi arboreals. Arboreals, yeah. Yeah, which I guess live in tr- trees. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they're, they're, he's kind of in a tree. He's kind of like, isn't he? Isn't his house kind of in a tree? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's it looks. It, yeah, like the base of a tree. Maybe yeah. yeah he's in the forest. They're in. He kind of. It looks kind of looks like a hobbit hole. His house does a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hi everybody, welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And apparently they evolved from some sort of arboreal sloth. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll find that out later, I guess. I, I guess I could see that. So yeah, so today we are talking about The Shipment, which is Enterprise Season 3, Episode 7. Um, it is written by Chris Black and Brent V. Friedman, and it is directed by Dra- David Strayton. And the memory alpha synopsis is: Enterprise discovers a Zindi mining outpost where components of the Zindi of the Zindi weapon are being assembled. Um, yes, yeah, so this is another episode of our kind of uh, unintentional, recurrent dive into Enterprise. Um, what we've been making quite a lot of lately. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to look. Uh, remember. So we, we we still have one more left in the schedule too before we have to kind of draw our new ones. Yeah, so there's one more gotta, coming up. Yep. So uh, we we've been really diving in deep to Enterprise lately. Uh, we have, but it still feels like I have no idea what happens in Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a lengthy previously on at the beginning of this one, and Kim was like, "I have no idea what any of this means." Yeah, the previously on and didn't I, help. I think it was just like they realized that Hoshi wasn't in the show at all. And they were just like, well, let's put her in the previously on. Yeah, that was strange. Um, I, I think I kind of figured it out though. It just like, I was like, yeah, the Zindi have a weapon that they're making. And like, there's this weird guy who told Hoshi something about like what she needed to do to like find it or something like that. Yeah. And that like led them to this place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought this episode was all right. I, I, I liked, I didn't like love it, but I was like, this, that's like solid. Like this was like, if I was watching this and it was like a, a an episode of like Voyager, I'd be like, yeah, that was fine. That was all right. You know? Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it. I think it, it definitely got better as it went along. Sure. I think the start of it, I was just like, the start of it just didn't feel like, I don't know if it didn't feel like Star Trek to me, or like specifically didn't feel like anything I'd ever seen from Enterprise before, and so there's a lot of weird dissonance there. Of just, and I think maybe it was just the lack of context of not knowing what was going on, but. Uh, well, I actually think I think one reason why I like this one 
Well, I like the guest star a lot. I thought he did a good job, but then yeah, um, I thought that they actually had a budget in this one, which I was. That is true. Yeah, it definitely looked better. It looked than... like much better than a lot of the ones we've been watching lately. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, why don't you take us in? Take us in. Let's talk, let's talk about what happened. All right, I'll try. So, so it starts out uh, again with kind of the previously on being that like someone communicated with Hoshi and told them like essentially like it led to them finding out that there's i guess they've been so the zindi had attacked earth previously to this i think they kind of referenced that a few times and are now like building an even more powerful weapon to attack earth again and enterprise is trying to stop it is kind of what i was piecing together and they've found this planet which basically is like a refining plant for the chemocyte for chemocyte which to me just for so, like sounds like something from arrested development from the like tobias funke's family oh, yeah. band good good time natural family band solutions yes yeah. it sounds like the sort of thing they would have a song about um yeah it does because it, it sounds like timo it sounds like timo so i think is what yeah. it is yeah yeah um, that's there's no i in timo so at least not where you think <laughs> chemo side I never thought I knew you well <laughs> that's funny that's that's all I could think of but anyways um, so it's it's basically where the chemo side is like being refined and then is like I think they tracked some like molecular trace that like the chemo site in the weapon came from this plant and so they you know kind of like sneak around and break in and end up basically just like breaking and entering into one of like the like scientists in the plant's house and start like ang- like Archer comes in hot in this episode and it's yeah, that- I feel like very <laughs> almost like out of character and like I, I like that I think was the biggest thing for like the first half of the episode. I was just like what what the hell, Jonathan? Like Yeah. I wrote Bacula really going for it in the interrogation scene. That's, that's yeah, he's just super aggressive, like, right off the bat to this guy who, like, I feel like it should be immediately apparent has no idea what's going on. Like, I feel like it takes him way too yeah. long to figure out that, like, they're just, like, they dig this stuff out of the ground and they refine it and they sell it. And, like, they don't know that, like, they're not building a weapon. They're not, like, plotting to destroy Earth and... Archer seems to think that that like this individual guy is like the mastermind behind it all for a long time, um, and and again I think this is where like the the guest actor that plays um, Graylick, um, is it Graylick? I know Graylick is the character's name. Um, Graylick Durr, yeah, yeah, Durr, uh, <laughs> Durr, yeah, is is very good because he he just keeps being like just kind of like annoyed and confused of just like at one point archer just like throws a, a hunk of metal like a piece of the the weapon on the table and, and Kralik's just like that's a piece of metal i don't know what that is yeah yeah I, and it's funny because like there's a there's a point at the episode where you're like you're not supposed to be i, I think you're not you're not supposed to be sure whose side you're on but like Kim and I were like very, very firmly on Greylick's side, like very, very. Quickly. Yeah, I immediately was, and yeah, I, I agree. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, it was one of those. I think this happens occasionally in Star Trek, where just like, 
I don't know that like I'm taking the same point from this that you want me to be. <laughs> but then at the end, like I think he is right, basically. Like like, or I think he's right, but he's like, but like. I think he does the right. Yeah, like once he finds out that like the thing he's been making is being used as a weapon of mass destruction, he's just like, yeah, I'll like we should stop doing that, and like I shouldn't be selling it to murderers. I, I mean, when I say like he's right, like, I, what I mean he's right is that like. Archer is wrong in that, like Archer thinks that like he's doing this thing maliciously. Yeah. He's like, I don't, even, I don't know what you're ta- what you're talking about. Yeah, that Archer basically is just like all Zindi are evil and trying to like kill us, um, which is like especially not true in. I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by this is gonna. I'm getting way, really tangential here, but I am kind of fascinated by the idea of, or I think they like tried to do something fascinating with the Zindi. Um that they do kind of talk about a little bit in this episode. But but yeah, but to finish running through the plot, so that eventually, like, they kind of are able to communicate with each other. Like, they figure out, like, Archer figures out that this place just refines this stuff and sells it and isn't, like, malicious towards them at all. And Greylichter kind of finds out what it's being used for. And just like, well, we should stop selling it to these guys. And then they end up coming up with a plan to put a tracker in the chemo site because the the sort of bad guys, the ones that are building the weapon, come back to take their shipment. And so they have to... At first, they kind of have to escape from the woods, then they have to sneak back in, and they, they put a tracker on this chemo site so that they can use it to, to track down uh, like where the weapon is, because that's what Enterprise is ultimately trying to do is find the weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and because breaking into the scientist's house and being like, tell me about the chemo site, where is the weapon, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he does holler just like, where is the weapon, like, multiple times. Mm. And the guy's just like, I, I still don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's, 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 I feel like the equivalent of, like, if someone just, like, busted into your kitchen and was just, just started being like, tell me about hydrogen. You'd be like, what, at what? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, this is this is probably. N- I'm sure this was like not intentional, but like the way you were saying that, it just it, it actually makes me a little bit think about like, you know, I think a, a few a few times ago when we were talking about uh, Enterprise, we kind of talked about its context as like a post 9 11, uh, hmm. Bush era show. Yeah, and because um, it because it, it aired like right around the time the first aired like right around the time that 9 11 happened. Um, yeah, I think the first season was in 2001 or two. Yeah, and um, this this episode came out right around the time that we invaded Iraq. Um, hmm, really? And I'm guessing because because of like kind of the the way that um, I find that that the Enterprise has generally treated political stuff, which is like pretty kid glove e. Um, this, I'm sure this was not intentional, and also like this would have been like probably a little bit too current for them to be making like a reference to this. But it, it, it's it's this it's this kind of this strange like it reminds me of like like he's almost like a weapons inspector or something that's like where it's like where are the WMDs and like <laughs> and uh, yeah. this guy's like what are you talking about like we don't we don't have any of those here you know like uh, it's it's uh, it, it's like this weird thing of like I think if the show was a little bit more canny i think that you could make some hay of like the american kind of like cowboy 
approach to foreign policy of just kind of like barging in somewhere and expecting answers to questions that like people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, like why is this your job? You know, or whatever. Like, um, right. I don't, I don't really think that's what the show is doing, but it's just kind of an interesting little parallel. I think, especially given like the time period that this show was produced in, but yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, I think kind of mostly, so basically at the end, like this, uh, this guy ends up deciding to help, help them with, planting this this tracker on the on the chemo site and and basically says like you know we didn't know about this and like we won't sell to or like we'll, we'll like find out what it's being used for before we sell it to people anymore and then there's a b plot where trip and flocks like have gotten a zindi weapon and are kind of experimenting on it Oh yeah, I thought that was kind of that was kind of cool too. I, 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 I thought the slug rifle was very cool, actually. Like visually, I thought yeah. it was really good looking and well done. Although <laughs> I think the denouement of that is kind of dumb, but like other than that, I like that that subplot. Like, yeah, because they're looking at this weapon and they're trying to like fiddle with it, and then basically like something happens where they fiddle with it in the wrong way, and it starts. Well, they try to they try to test fire it. I think I think it's when yeah, Trip tries right. to shoot it. Because they've been fiddling with it, and and kind of the thing is that like, it's sort of like ammunition or power is these actual like living slug things that can like reproduce at the center of it, um, and they're trying to come up with a way of like, is there a way that we could like use radiation to kill those things so we could disable their weapons or something like that? And then at the end, yeah, Trip is just like, well, we want to like find out how it works, so I'm gonna just shoot it at a wall. And T'Pol's just standing there being like, this is a bad idea. And he's just like, well, we'll never know if we don't, like, try to shoot something with it. And she's like, it's a bad idea to, like, shoot a live weapon inside a spaceship. And he's like, but it's for experiments. And then it just activates a self-destruct sequence. And so he has to, like, run and beam it into space. Yeah, the, the thing that was kind of dumb about that, though, is that, like, what kind of a security device is that where it's, like... Like, it starts like uh, a long countdown. Yeah, it's like it gives them like a minute to like, <laughs> to, and it's like it's clearly a countdown timer. So it's like you're not actually going to be like the only person who would ever kill is like an idiot, you know? Because right. like like, it, why, why does it need to be in a timer? Why can't you just immediately blow it up? Blow it up? Yeah, you know, if like, it's supposed to be like a countermeasure for like someone stealing your weapon and using it against you. Yeah, because he, he he gives him. It, it's I, I told Kim I was like the the amount of time it gives you. It actually kind of works as an offensive weapon because, like, you could pull the trigger and then throw it somewhere and use it as like a, <laughs> it's grenade. a grenade. That's true. Like, uh, the because like he shoots it in I don't remember what room they're in, but he shoots it in some room and then they kind of look at it for a while trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah, for like way too like, long for something yeah. that is immediately clear as a countdown timer. Yeah, yeah, and then like they figure out it's a countdown timer and then Trip runs like through multiple hallways puts it on the transporter pad and beams it out into space before it blows up. Yeah. So I'm like, that's just, that's just not an effective anti-theft device at that point, you know? Right. Um, but I did like, I think I honestly, like, I think the thing, the thing that made this episode work for me, like the two things I think one was, I thought that, um, the guy who plays Greylick, uh, John Cothran Jr. I thought did a good job at like playing that part. Like he just yeah. seems like very kind of like calm and like authoritative and like, able to stand up to Archer kind of bullying him like but also like wants to do the right thing once he realizes what's going on and then the other thing was I just think that this episode was like just generally better to look at than most 
Enterprise episodes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was just like a good, yeah, like good, and, and, good TV. And I think that when you, I think that like that's something where you kind of don't even realize necessarily how much that's affecting your experience until you see how much more fun it can be when it when it's not affecting your experience. You know, because like you're thinking about like how much we talked about like the the antenna during the the hot worms episode, like yeah, the, how, like. Where you're just like that was really good. Yeah, and, and yeah, or even like the slug rifle. I, I remember like when they showed it, I was just like, "This is like really well done." Yeah, and like they they use a physical prop for the slugs, and like then later on you see like all those slugs that are in that big like tube, and they're all really gross, you know. Yeah, and like they they and, and you know like and even like the the effect that they use to like show the slug growing like back, regrowing, like, looks, like yeah, they use some CG okay. for it, but it looks good. Yeah, yeah, and then like to me like the thing I was like. The, the two things, like, the sets were so much better. Like, I think this is the first time, I think, maybe, that we've seen an episode in the ready room that they use at the beginning. And I'm like, this looks so much better than, like, most of the ship sets that they have on the show. Um, it looks, like, actually, like, pretty cool. And then and then they go down to, like, the lab, the, the Zindi lab, and, I, and like, that looks pretty cool, too. Like, yeah. a, and... Like, I think you can, you know, because I've seen the show a lot, I can kind of see the like, little bits where, like, maybe they... I mean, I've seen, like, Star Trek a lot. I can kind of see little bits where, like, oh, well, they reused, like, this weird... They found this weird, like, you know, this this looks like something, like, where it was, like, one of those, like, bank tubes where you can send it to the teller or whatever. But, like, generally speaking, though, like, looks pretty good. It looks, like, actually yeah. alien. It's not. There's no, like, just, like, computer screens that are just, like, 90s, you know, 2000s monitors anywhere. Um... And, and like also like they, there was a lot of like alien costumes in this, and like not all of them look great. Like I think like the reptilian Zindi, I would say compare somewhat unfavorably to like the way the Jemadar look in in later um, uh, DS9 seasons. But like I think I thought that the arboreal, um, I, I liked the way the arboreal Zindi yeah. looked, and um, I liked the way that like the Zindi general guy looked. I don't remember that guy's name, Degra, I think. Um, oh, okay, uh, the the. Like humanoid one, what are they called? Primate. Oh yeah, maybe. But there's 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 another one. There's like these people with this weird like stuff sticking out of their heads. Yeah, um, I think it's just hair, but yeah. But they look but it has cool like too. the weird little like, bumps. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking about the guy at the beginning. Maybe that was just the, the guy in the in the in the the previous sound. But that guy's got a bunch of like weird spines coming out of his head or something. I, don't know, I thought that like the creature effects, like they the the makeup like looked pretty good too. I don't know. It's just like, I and, and, and they use and they use CG later on too for these drones as well. That um, that uh, yeah, that those were attacking look them, and those look pretty good too. And it's like, I was like, oh yeah, like I do think that there's just some like issues with like I don't love the characters as much as I do like on some of the other shows, but like I just think that like unfortunately, like I, I do think that money was a big problem. Yeah, it does seem like, especially the first couple seasons, it must be yeah. And when yeah, when they have when they have money, when they use money, I feel like I generally, you know, like there's a lot of problems with um, two days and two nights, but like we do see like just regular light bulbs in a scene. Also, <laughs> right. it's just like you you know they're they're on a shoestring, and like you know yep. that's the same that's the same thing with like the with the one where the, 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 the flashback episode to when they're first achieving like warp two or whatever, like you see a lot of just like, yeah, that like NASA mission control is just a room, it's just with... a conference room. Yeah. And I think about like judgment, you know, which is, I liked that episode more than you did, but like 
that episode looks good. Like that episode is like set in like a Klingon council chamber. Like it looks like a Klingon council chamber. They've got that yeah. cool, that cool gavel that shoots sparks out when you hit it and stuff. Like, yep. uh, so like, yeah, they like go to Ruripenthi with, which looks cold and cavey and yeah. Yeah. It's an underrated element of these that I think really does contribute to the, the success and failure of this is like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta actually have like the, the, the budget to like, make this stuff feel real, you know? Um, and they did this time, so uh, that was... I, I appreciated that. Um, is there other stuff that we, we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to, like, touch on? Because... Um, I... Well, I guess, I guess yeah, just... I, because this is the first time that we've really gotten, like, kind of an explanation of this indie, because they do spend some time in this episode of of Greylick kind of explain like telling a little bit of the backstory of the Zindi to Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically that like on this planet, there are, uh, I guess, what is it? Five or six, or there used to be six and now there's five. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, yeah. There's, there used to be six. And now there's five different, like actual, sen- like kind of fully like sentient races Se- separately evolved species. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really funny when they're like, there used to be six, the the ones that died were the bird ones, and I was like, I kind of said to Kim, I was like, oh yeah, the ones that died are the ones that we, it would be too expensive for us. That to would show. be too expensive to, yeah, that would be entirely CG, um, like giant birds. Um, um that, I, I think that's really interesting. I think that's like a cool, that's a cool idea. Yeah, and again, like without seeing any, really, of the rest of season three, I'd be curious, like what they could do with, with that. Um, yeah, it, because apparently, like, there was, you know, this, like, hundred years of sort of all, you know, he says that, like, all five of them were kind of at war with each other and, like, different ones, like, allied with each other and then broke alliances with each other. And, like, at the end, like, the sides were completely different than they were when they started. And Yeah, that that's, I think it's a really cool idea to have, like, those separately evolving ones. But yeah, it, it's, it, it, I, I would like to, it, it's one of those things that, like, made me want to know more about, like, what the deal is with this indie. Well, eventually I'll be done watching um, Voyager and then maybe I'll, I'll start filling you in as yeah. I, as we go. I was thinking, uh, like, once you finish Enterprise, we're going to have to change the intro to the show. Yeah. we what, One guy who's seen all of Star Trek and one guy who's seen part of Star Trek. Yeah. Try to watch all of it in no particular order. Yeah. It's, it's a little uh, clunky, but we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> well, you gotta get you gotta get going. You gotta start watching DS Nine. So we can just, we can we can change days. it so it's like two guys who have seen all of Star Trek try to rewatch it in no particular order there or something go. like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that was cool too. Uh, you know, again, like I, this this is the thing we talk about sometimes is that like there's a lot of interesting stuff in the guts of of Enterprise. Like, yeah, um, yeah, and it does make me wonder like would it be one that watching it start to finish you could like get more of what's interesting about the story that could make the whole thing. I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure it would because I, I, I still don't know that I think it would be great because I really, I really don't like like trip and, and like a lot of the characters just don't really do it for me. And, and some, I think, I think like the issues that I have with three days and three nights, I don't think or two days and two nights or whatever, however many days and however many nights, like it would be six days, seven nights. It would be, it would be, I think those, those issues would still persist. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, now that I've seen it in order, I understand why they were homophobic. Like, I don't think that's how I would feel. <laughs> sure. But like, um, yeah, I mean, clearly it's, it feels like one of the more serialized Star Trek shows to exist, at least prior to like the Paramount Plus sure. stuff. 
So I'm sure like the, it, it does the story at least flows better. So I, I I'm, I'm definitely curious to dig in and see how see how it will go. Um, you know, once I once I finish uh, Voyager, but um, yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to note actually, uh, I did think it was kind of funny that um, the re- the revelation in this episode that uh, that Archer has has like similar to like Picard's cool jacket that he wears in in later seasons of uh, of TNG. That's just like his uniform, but it's a cool leather jacket. The leather version. jacket, yeah. Um, Archer has like a a windbreaker of his uniform <laughs> that he wears in this episode. Did you notice that? I didn't catch that. No, that seems. Yeah, I mean, he, it it sounds like it would fit. Yeah, it it, it um if you yeah, you can go back and ch- check it out. But he's he's wearing like a for a big part of the show when he's outside on the planet, he's wearing like a windbreaker that looks that that just hmm. is his uniform again. I thought it was kind of funny. It doesn't look as cool as Picard's. Jacket that always seemed like a. I I'd love to like know the history of that jacket that he wore on TNG because that just seemed like something that like. It just seems like something that, that uh, Patrick Stewart wanted. Like he was just like <laughs> just like asked the costuming to like make yeah, him one have, and then started wearing cool it. They were just version? like Patrick, yeah. why are you wearing that jacket? And he's like, I'm wearing it. Shut it's up. cool. <laughs> and it is cool. I mean, like I, yeah. I like it. I like the jacket, but. Um, yeah, that was a, a funny little note of just like. Yeah, a weird repetition thing there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a lot else to say. Like, I, I did like the episode, generally speaking. Um, but I think I've said the things I had to say about it. I don't know. Like, uh, apparently, yeah. one of the um, like random, like one of the just like other arboreal technicians at like the beginning that he's talking to when they're sneaking in was played by Sam Witwer. Who is? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, who's the voice of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars, and I think has done a lot of other like nerdy stuff too. But yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good huh. voice actor. But yeah, apparently he was in this. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, I guess we didn't. I don't know. Do we have anything to say about Major Hayes, who was just kind of there? Who's that? He was like this. the other guy with Archer and. Uh, Malcolm on the planet. Oh, he's he's apparently like the head of Mako, who are these oh, okay. like Earth, like Earth kind of more like ops. military side, whereas like Enterprise is supposed to be more like exploration. They're like the kind of more like military side of Earth. I just thought he was gonna die the whole time. I was just like, yeah. Who's apparently, this guy? he's a like recurring character in this season. He's just like, okay. But yeah, he doesn't really do anything in this yeah, episode, he, at least. I didn't recognize him, and so I thought he was going to redshirt it. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that he didn't redshirt if he's if he's actually a if he's actually a, a, a recurring cast member. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about him. He just kind of seemed like a guy. Yeah. Um, he wasn't he wasn't doing all the military stuff. That was Archer. Archer was just up, you know, pushing people up against the wall. And yeah. No, he didn't really and... do anything. I feel like he was very redundant in this episode. Yeah. That you like had Archer, and then you had like Malcolm being the one that was just like we should blow it all up um yeah and then he was just kind of like also like we should blow it all up yeah well and, and, and what well, archer is kind of like that at the beginning until he starts to initially yeah initially archer is and then he like meets this guy and finds out his name and he's just like well this guy doesn't seem so bad and like if we blow it all up then like he will ruin all these people's livelihoods you know 
I'm looking at the memory alpha right now, and and we don't just like read off memory alpha uh, to like when we're like we we have like our own ideas and notes we come with, but we we use memory alpha as like a reference while we're talking. Is that, is that fair to yeah. say? Uh, yeah. And, and I I will say, in fairness to us, I think that maybe there just isn't a lot to say about this episode because there are like no pictures on the entry. <laughs> I scrolled down to memorable quotes, and the first the first memorable quote is Archer saying to Greylector. I have some questions for you. And then the second one is an exchange between Archer and Greylector. And Greylector says, who are you? What do you want from me? And Archer says, sit down. <laughs> so <laughs> Very memorable. You know, these, yeah, super memorable quotes. Uh, so maybe they're just, you know, it's just like, it's just like a tight little tight episode, you know? It's, yeah. it's just, that's what it is. Yep. Um, but, it, you know. It works. Oh, also, I did look up Grealix's character, and just because I was curious if he comes up again, and he does not reappear, but it, apparently in another episode, um, it is revealed that he is executed for, for treason because he helped out them, helped them out. So. Oh, well, that's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he did the right thing, though. He did the right thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I think, I think you know, try as you might, I don't think we have anything else to say this time, so... Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. We come out every other week. Um, in a couple weeks, we'll be back to talk about uh, Dramatis Personae. It's DS9, uh, Season 1, Episode 18. I would highly recommend that if you've never seen a DS9 episode before, don't have this one be the first <laughs> one you start with, because I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, uh, but uh, if you have seen other episodes of DS9, go ahead and watch it and come back and uh, join us in a couple weeks. Um, you can visit our website at Contracts. Dot podbean.com. You can email us at autocontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our webs- or you can uh, visit our YouTube page at autocontracts, or you can follow us on Twitter at contracts. Contracts is spelled C O N T R E K S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's that, That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check out any of those shows out, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye.